Hey guys, this is Jason from Nerd News, being brought to you this week by Cloud9 Comics and more. If you're looking to get rid of some comics, maybe uh, your mom whose kids have went off to college and uh, it's time to sell all those comics that are cluttering up that attic or basement. Call Paul and the guys over at Cloud9 Comics. They'll definitely take care of you. they give you a better offer on your stuff than any other place in town. Paul's a great guy. He'll come to you. He's not even going to ask you to bring your stuff out to him. If you need to get a hold of him, you can hit him up on the phone at 314-691-2864. You can always get in touch with him via email at cloud9comicsandmore at gmail.com. That's cloud9comics. Thank you for tuning in to Entertain the Geeky, your source for nerd news. What's up, guys? Welcome to Nerd News. This is Jason with you, as always. Uh, so we've had some pretty interesting developments this week in the news. I guess I'd like to start off by talking about Star Wars Episode Nine. I know it seems a little early in the process to be talking about uh, the, the ninth installment of Star Wars when we haven't even gotten to uh, the eighth installment yet. We've got until 2020 before we're going to see that movie in theaters. Um, but earlier this week, Lucasfilm announced that they have gotten rid of uh, Episode Nine director Colin Trevorrow. And uh, if that name sounds familiar to you, he's the guy who brought uh, Jurassic World to the big screen, which grossed a lot of money and became a huge blockbuster, which ultimately is probably what caught the attention of Disney and Lucasfilm. Um, so they brought him on back when they made their initial announcement with J.J. Uh, Abrams for 7 and Ryan Johnson for 8 and uh, Colin Trevorrow for 9. But uh, recently they've had, I guess, some conflicts. Um, Trevorrow uh, had a movie, um, a, the, the Book of Henry, uh, come out recently. And uh, me personally, I have not seen it, but uh, apparently it didn't do too well. And there are several sites that are claiming that that, that was why he was let go. Um but I'm not really sure. I mean, we, we heard earlier this this year that uh, directors were changing. The director was changing for the Han, upcoming Han Solo movie that will be coming out next year. Um, so I think Lucasfilm, they, you know, Kathleen Kennedy and, and the folks working for her and Disney, they just they have a unique direction that they're trying to take this story in. And, you know, if, and, and even these side stories. And I think if you don't uh, if you don't mesh with that. Well, they're going to find somebody who will. Um, now, we haven't heard any announcements about who they will re be replacing uh, Trevorrow with, but uh, even money's on uh, Ryan Johnson if uh, Episode Eight does as well as uh, we can expect it to do. Uh, we've only seen the one trailer so far, but it's very impressive, and I really just can't wait to see uh, what they're doing with the film. There's been speculation that... Um, we're going to move in a different direction, that it's going to be a departure from what we've seen before, and that, yes, it will be sad and, and somber and, and, you know, kind of a, a hard time for our heroes. That doesn't mean that it will parallel Empire Strikes Back in the same way that uh, Force Awakens paralleled A New Hope. So hopefully we'll see something something different, uh, a new vision for these films. Um and maybe take our characters in, in some directions that even we as, uh, you know, diehard fans may not be expecting them to. Um, so I would I'd put even money on the fact that if Ryan Johnson's movie does well, they might ask him to come back and do Episode Nine, uh, Especially when you consider that 
all the news that's coming out of the shoot and the production that went on for episode nine, I mean, they are, you know, heavily into post-production at this point. Um, all the news that we were hearing was definitely painting a positive picture of what uh, Ryan Johnson brought to the table uh, when it came to working with the actors and with the studio. Um, the studio has definitely said that, that he's one of the best directors that they've worked with. So, I mean, they're definitely kind of in his camp right now. And if his movie is successful, uh, it wouldn't be a, much of a stretch to ask him to come back and direct the, the film that will immediately follow the, the story that he's kind of set in motion with this, with this next film. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, uh, you know, if they ultimately will replace him with Ryan Johnson or if they replace him with somebody entirely new. Um, time will tell, but uh, so goodbye to Colin Trevorrow and hello to a mysterious future for episode nine. Um, so there's some interesting things, too, coming out of the video game world. We're starting to get more and more news about uh, the upcoming sequel to South Park the Stick of Truth, which will be entitled South Park uh, the Fractured But Whole. And uh, if, if that got a chuckle out of you, uh, awesome, because <laughs> it always does me. Um, but uh, so we, we've gotten some gameplay footage and, and some various different, uh, you know, different things, uh, powers and, and different things you're able to do within the combat system. But uh, earlier this week, uh, an interesting story broke on the internet. Uh, leave it to the creators of South Park to always, you know, hold the mirror up to our society and commentate on uh, the lives that we lead, however materialistic or uh, pure or whole or selfish that they are. Um, they are they are definitely the ones that will show us uh, who we really are, and so not to be left out. Uh, in any way, they are bringing an interesting element to the new video game in which uh, you can change the race, uh, the gender, and the gender encompasses uh, male, female, trans. So there's 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 different all the, the you know genders being represented, and um, uh, you can change your ethnicity. And apparently, when you go beyond just the normal white kid in South Park, uh, the game gets harder. And again, it's it's Trey Parker and Matt Stone giving us a, a social commentary on uh, how hard it is for uh, you know non-white minority people uh, to get ahead in this world. <laughs> um, I personally think it's all a bunch of crap, and and we're all just people. We're all got to live here on this planet. We all got to do the, the things that we got to do in the pursuit of our happiness. Um, but unfortunately, the recent things that we've been seeing with the, the political world and, uh, have just shown us a different side of the country. And again, far leave it or far be it for Trey Parker to be left out of that debate. So he's uh, he's throwing his his idea about white privilege uh, into his new video game. Um, so there's definitely uh, something to look forward to this October. Um, if, if it is anything like the South Park Stick, Stick of Truth video game, uh, it will definitely bring uh, what was what is great about South Park as a television show uh, to the video game world. So we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely keep our eyes out for that one this October. Um, it it is in in a sense a sequel to the Stick of Truth insofar as it is taking place uh, after that video game, but it's taking on a whole new theming where Stick of Truth kind of did a 
wizards and, and, and warlocks and warriors, kind of Dungeons and Dragons style theming. Uh, it seems as if the Fractured But Whole is going to do a uh, kind of superhero theme, which if you've watched South Park and you've seen these episodes, there are many episodes where the kids are uh, you know, dressed up in their fancy superhero costumes and they go to little meetings in Cartman's basement and they have their fights and things. So as the new kid in South Park, you will be able to kind of pick your own uh, superhero persona and kind of flesh it out uh, based on your own power set and uh, obviously whatever gender and, and racial uh, decisions that you will make as well. Um, but it's it's it seems like it's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting romp through uh, the kind of uh, you know big superhero thing that's going on in our culture right now with Marvel and DC and. You know, the various television and movie properties that are really bringing a lot of these heroes to life. Um, again, we'll get more of uh, Trey Parker's commentary on these kinds of things in our society through this video game. Um, so that should definitely be something to look forward to. Um, you know, some of the things, Rick and Morty is, um, is about halfway through its third season. And if you're unfamiliar with Rick and Morty, well, you should get familiar with Rick and Morty because it's very funny very interesting science fiction show that kind of challenges uh, preconceived stereotypes of science fiction and time travel and multidimensional travel and alternate realities. It's just a beautifully well-written show from uh, Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon, um, two very funny guys who uh, also are responsible to bringing a community to the screen. And it's another one, if you've not seen it, why you should check it out. It's a pretty funny show. <laughs> Excuse me, but as we get closer uh, to wrapping up this third season, um, something that I've started to notice within the structure of these episodes is it, it definitely feels like every episode of this new season has been a, a kind of a commentary, a study in character through these these kind of cartoon people that we've come to know. Um, so you obviously have the opening episode of season three, and we're going to get into a little bit of spoilers. So if you haven't seen Rick and Morty uh, season three. Uh, go check it out and then uh, come back here and we'll you know, uh, talk about it. <laughs> um, for those of you that are still with me, though, uh, the opening episode uh, kind of sets up Rick as the de facto uh, patriarch of the family because uh, he kind of puts so much strain on Beth and Jerry's marriage that he uh, that ultimately Beth makes a choice to divorce Jerry. So Rick... Rick thinks that this is exactly what he wants, that getting Jerry out of his hair will allow him to uh, basically do what he wants to do without any naysaying from the family. Um, and very quickly going into the second episode, uh, entitled Rick Mansing the Stone, um, they, um, Rick gets to see that this decision that he's made, he thought would make his life easier, and it's just making his life a lot harder because of the strain that the divorce is putting on the children and uh, Beth as a character. Um, so that's, this episode two is kind of our first character study. It's kind of a look into Rick and uh, living with the consequences of the decisions that he's made. Um, and then we go into the third episode, which uh, is the Pickle Rick episode, where he turns himself into a pickle um, and ends up making uh, kind of a pseudo suit, body suit muscle tissue out of rat parts um, and a rat brain and 
he ends up uh, fighting his way through some terrible, terrible circumstances to get back to Beth, who has taken the children and went to therapy. And uh, this this episode is definitely Beth's character study, because while Beth is ready to Beth is not ready to admit to herself that any of what has happened to her marriage or what is happening to her family is actually her fault. Um, but what she finds out through talking to the therapist is that definitely she is just as culpable in the failure of her relationship. And uh, she she's a lot like Rick. She just she's in denial about what her life is or what meaning she has. Um, so there's definitely an interesting kind of cross-section of her and Rick's relationship. Uh, the fact that she's very much, you know, just like Rick, uh, just as arrogant, um, just as dismissive, and that, uh, you know, she may be the one who's destroying her children and her family and her life. So, and then, of course, by the end of the episode, she just buries all those feelings deep down, uh, just like she always does. And just like Rick does, um, proving that some people just can't change. But you get the gist. They, they definitely have, have been trying to show us through these episodes uh, a look into, a kind of a window into these characters' minds. Uh, and the most recent one, uh, Rest and Rick Laxation is what it was called, um, was just amazing uh they rick and morty go to a health spa and they get toxins the toxins flushed out of their out of their brains so it's a cognitive detox um and it turns out these toxins are personified uh, in the parts of rick and morty that they don't like about themselves um so with rick it is his his arrogance um his uh, anger his love irrational love of his grandchildren and Morty. Um, and then with Morty, it is uh, his insecurity, his anxiety, uh, all the parts of himself that he just wishes he could flush down the toilet. Um, and then we get to see who Rick and Morty become without this, this part of themselves, while this part of themselves tries to figure out a way to get out of the situation that they're in. Um, so what we see out of Rick is, uh, I wouldn't say he's cold, um, but he is definitely... Uh, kind of more monotone. And while uh, Rick is usually the kind of character that is prone to fly off the handle and, and get wildly emotional about certain situations, we see kind of a more docile Rick, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. Um, so it's a very interesting kind of change. And then in Morty, um, we see a Morty who is confident, a Morty who is almost too good um, and his moral compass is, is just not pointing in the right direction anymore. Um, he takes Jessica, who is, who is the girl that he's had a crush on since we started this whole journey uh, with season one of Rick and Morty. And he, it, it turns out that they have nothing in common. And he's, he's bored with her. He finds him another girl. And uh, ultimately, obviously, they have to merge. They have to, uh, you know, let these dark parts of themselves come back to them because Rick realizes that if he would have known that's what the machine did, uh, he would never have done it in the first place. Um, so when they finally do merge, uh, he's about to merge Morty with his dark self again, and the good side of Morty just runs away. Uh, and he takes off and he goes, uh, what, what I can only assume is a big city, Chicago or New York. I don't think it's ever really stated. Um, 
but he becomes a uh, he becomes kind of a, uh, a buyer and trader, like a stockbroker. Um, and he finds that he's actually very good at this job because the part of him that was good, the conscience of Morty is gone. So taking people for all their money, the hostile takeovers, these kinds of things, they're not things that are outside of, uh, of his purview anymore. He definitely has allowed himself to be free of the constraints of his conscience. And ultimately, this is why I think uh, this episode was a great character study in Morty and who he is, because ultimately he lets himself be rejoined with his dark parts. And there is some speculation when you're watching the episode about whether or not that's actually happened. Uh, I've actually had some conversations where I've heard people say that, oh, no, he, he, he did it on accident. He didn't mean to give away his location to Rick. Um, when you watch the episode, I think there's definitely some subtle implication that he wanted to be found. Um, that maybe a part of him still cared for Rick. Um, and he's realizing that he thought this was what he wanted out of his life, but this is not actually what he wanted. And I think that's what we're seeing uh, as kind of a theming throughout this season. Everybody thinks that what is happening to the Smith family is a good thing. This is what they wanted. This is going to help them. And it turns out it's just not the case at all. So it's, it's definitely been a very interesting journey for the characters. And um, if you've not checked out season three of Rick and Morty, I highly recommend it. Uh, we're about halfway through. I think we've got about five or six more episodes to go at this point. Um, so I'll definitely be tuning in on Sunday, and I hope you do as well. Um, some other interesting news uh, before we finish up here. Um, it was announced this week that uh, uh, Drew Goddard, uh, and if you're unfamiliar with Drew Goddard, he directed the first season, uh, show ran, I'm sorry, not directed, show ran the first season of Marvel's Daredevil. Um, and... I've talked to many people, and, and in many fans' opinions, that is uh, the epitome, some of the best stuff that they've done. Season one of Daredevil and season one of Jessica Jones are consistently the two shows that I hear people praise the most. Um, so Drew Goddard has been uh, tapped to write and direct uh, X-Force from 20th Century Fox. And what we're seeing out of 20th Century Fox is, is kind of interesting. They're getting very ambitious with the projects that they are announcing. Um, they're announcing projects very far out. Um, they're doing work on New Mutants and, and these kinds of things. Uh, Deadpool 2, which should be with, uh, you know, New Mutants and Deadpool 2 should be in, out in theaters uh, sometime next year. Um, and in Deadpool 2, they're introducing us to uh, two characters, Cable and Domino. Um so naturally, the spinoff to do, if you're a fan and you know who these characters are, is X-Force. Um, and that's exactly what they're going to do. So they've hired Drew Goddard to write and direct the spinoff movie, uh, which will star you know, Ryan Reynolds and Josh Brolin and uh, the woman who is, is playing Domino. I don't have her name right in front of me, and I'm forgetting her name. I apologize. Um, and rumor has it that we'll see characters from the original X-Force team like Shatterstar and Feral uh, and some of these other characters. So that should be very interesting to uh, a very interesting thing to get into. Uh, I'm very excited to see the possibilities and, and what Drew Goddard will bring to the table. And I really hope uh, that what Deadpool 2 shows us is kind of a setup for this, um, that we will get a a cable, you know, who is the time traveler, who's come back in time to protect the future 
from some terrible event. Um, and that's why ultimately he will have to form a team and, and work to make the future better. Um, I really just hope that's what we get. And, and, I, and I'm very excited to see what, uh, what Drew Goddard, who, who you know, just show ran Daredevil to great success back when it originally came out for Netflix. I'm really just excited to see what he'll bring to the table. Uh, I'm also interested to see if they will cast the wide net and, and make us a PG-13 X-Force movie, or if they will go uh, the route of Hollywood as of late with uh, R-rated superhero movies and show us a darker, kind of uh, more you know visceral take on, on the source material. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, that was, that, was, that was the weekend news. I mean, there was... There was there was much more than that. Uh, I urge you to check out some 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 websites and, and look up for some stories and, and keep your eyes open for some new stuff that's going on. Uh, we got uh, Thor Ragnarok tickets went on sale. We got that coming in November. We got Justice League in November. Uh, hopefully, with a little better um, direction under Joss Whedon's helm. Um, with with jo- I'm sorry, with Joss Whedon at the helm. So. Uh, yeah, you know, check out the websites. Uh, don't forget to uh, like us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash entertainthegeeky. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at entertainthegeeky. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at entertainthegeeky. Um, so that's going to do it for me. Uh, you guys uh, keep up with all your stuff. Enjoy your comics and your movies and your video games. Um, and I will talk with you guys next week. Until then, stay geeky. <laughs>